Canadian. I'm not sure what week it is at this point. I'm not sure it matters. Uh, but this is the 2021 TNFL edition of the weekly weigh-in. Uh, it's just me, Johnny, coming at you guys solo tonight. Uh, Matt was busy in late uh, short notice, but um, I promised Bop that if he agreed to go to Fogo with us early, um, that I would record something this week. So it's going to be pretty low-key, pretty uh, low expectations if I were you guys. Um, and honestly, I'm not even sure I'm going to be able to figure out how to upload this to somewhere where you guys can reach it. So this might all be for nothing. Um, but it's been fucking, I don't know, eight, nine weeks since we've recorded anything. Um it's just been schedule-wise been tough with uh, three kids on my end. Matt's got a, a busier work schedule now uh, that he's got a an adult job and um, he's a he's a dad dog or a dog dad now. Um, so everything is just a little bit busier in life. Um, it'd be nice in the next couple years here when things slow down if we can get back into this full time because I do really enjoy this and I know Matt does and. Um, I'm not sure if you guys actually enjoy listening to it or giving us shit um, when we don't get something put out for you. But either way, um, I think there's at least a couple of you that enjoy us doing this. So it'd be nice to get back into doing this uh, regularly. Um, some bookkeeping stuff here. We did set a date for Fogo. If anyone didn't see that in the group chat, um, it's going to be uh thursday december 23rd so day uh the eve of christmas eve we're gonna meet at noon at the fogo in minneapolis um figure i mean everyone's gonna be off on friday already some people might even get thursday off since the holiday actually falls on the weekend um and if not i thought maybe no harm in people starting their their weekend or their long weekend a half day early and just coming out and meeting with the boys for a little bit um, so yeah, that's that. Again, this is going to be a pretty low key pod. I'm going to go over some standings quick. Um, I might look at a few of the trades that we hit at the deadline a few weeks ago. And then I think I'm just going to highlight two of the games that matter this week. So, uh, looking at standings right now, um, I'm going to jerk myself off a little bit here, but I'm sitting up top at nine and two. I've got, um, I've got Herm and, Derek nipping at my heels, both at eight and three, and they're honestly sitting within two total points of each other, so they're both pretty close together. I'm not sure what their head-to-head schedule looks like, or uh, their head-to-head record looks like this year. I'm not sure who's got that tiebreaker right now. And then sitting at seven and four are both Keegan and Dom. So they make those five teams make up the first five spots in the playoffs right now. And then remember with the rule change this year and going to one division, that sixth playoff spot or that last wild card spot goes to actually not the team with the the sixth best record, but the the uh, most points four out of the seven remaining teams so um currently kubi jeff and neil all sit at five and six but kubi's got a fairly hefty lead on that points four he's sitting 84 points ahead of jeff and 100 damn near 125 over neil so i imagine kubi will slip into that final spot um but some, there's still some some things that could happen here. Um, 
before before the playoff deadline. So we're sitting at week 11. Um, so we've got three regular season weeks left, 12, 13, and 14. Playoffs this year are 15, 16, and 17. And now that there is an 18th regular season week to the NFL. Um, so one more regular season game for us before we uh, – uh, or actually, sorry, three more regular season games for us before we hit the the playoffs. You're looking forward to it, especially now that I'm actually somewhat relevant. Um, so looking back at a few of the trades here, we got at the deadline, which was now three weeks ago. Um, we had um, Keegan give up Justin Herbert, Robbie Anderson, his, and two firsts and a fifth and in exchange Neil gave him Derek Carr, Alvin Kamara, a 10th, a 12th and a 15th. Um, and this is a tough one to evaluate. I mean, you have the keeper value there for Kamara being a fourth, I believe. Um, so you got to decide, is that really, is that really worth giving up two first round picks plus Justin Herbert? And I'm not sure what Herbert's keeper value is, if any, but that's a lot. And, and I know Keegan's making a push for this year. He's got a solid team. So it's, it's going to be a good move for this year, but actually I think Kamara has been hurt pretty much every week that he's owned him. So hopefully he gets some payoff uh, there and it uh, nets him some, some positive gain, but we'll see. Uh, the next one here is Rudy giving up Brandon Ayuk and a 10th and in return getting Cortland Sutton and an 18th. Um, I like the move for uh, Rudy more simply because if you guys remember the first trade that was made regular season this year was I gave up Cortland Sutton to... AO and I got a fifth in return. So now, so um, AO basically had a rental on Cortland Sutton and gave up five, five rounds of picks to do so, um, which <clears throat> probably is tough to swallow, but um, hopefully Sutton can be a contributor for Root. I know he's still trying to, to play. Um, so Next here we have a trade between Neil and Dom. Neil gives up Kyle Pitts and the 16th, uh, 16th and the 17th. And Dom gives up Michael Thomas, Evan Ingram, a five and a 12. Um, I don't know where Kyle Pitts sits in terms of like what, what he ranks as for overall tight ends this year. Um, He's got a 26-point week against the Jets and a 23-point week against the Dolphins. Um, otherwise, his next highest score is 12, 10, and then the rest are single digits, which is fairly pedestrian. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure that's, in my mind, worth it, and I don't know what his keeper value is, but I can't imagine it's great since he was so hyped coming into this year. Um, but I'm not disappointed because Dom is one of my contenders this year. Um, next is a trade between Rudy and Neil. Um, Neil was our biggest seller at the deadline. He's involved in just about all these because he was the only, only one that really had relevant pieces to sell and was willing to do so. Um, but Rudy gives up uh, LaVisca Chenault uh, and a third and gets 
Leonard Fournette, and an 18th from Neal. Uh, this is actually a pretty nice trade for both teams. Um, Fournette's been solid this season. Uh, Rojo hasn't done much, and Fournette, I mean, he has two weeks in the single digits against really good rush defenses. Um but outside of that, I mean, he's been really good. He's got a couple, two weeks at 21 plus, but the rest have been in the teens and he's just been a steady contributor, a guy that you just, you want to have in there. And of course, Neil gets a third in return for a guy that's got no keeper value. Nice work. <laughs> um, we've got three more here that I've got on my screen. So I'm going to just finish out those. Uh, we got one with... Um, and this is going to, sorry, some of these are the week prior to the deadline as well. But we've got uh, Keegan, who gives up Antonio Gibson and a 12 and gets back Tony Pollard and a first from Bop. Um, and this is just Keegan selling off Antonio Gibson, who he wasn't really getting much use out of, I don't believe, in terms of starting lineup and who has been probably not what he expected him to be, but I believe he still got really good keeper value. So I think that was the draw for, for Bop uh, going into next season, trying to get a couple of solid keepers. Uh, next trade here is going to be between um, myself and Neil. Um, Neil gave me Mixon, Keenan Allen, a 13th and a 14th. And I gave him James Conner, Amonra St. Brown, a first and a second. Um, this one was haggled over for a while. And unfortunately, um, since I made this trade, James Conner has been fucking absolutely lights out scoring like, was that 75 points over the last three weeks? Um, so he's been really good. Um, and he was solid before that, but not what he's been the last few weeks. Um, that being said, Joe Mixon's also been really good. Um, for me, he's a steady contributor. I had him on his bye week one of those weeks, but the other two weeks he put up good numbers um, and he's been really good as of late. So um, not disappointed. And Keenan Allen, I'm not sure if anyone has followed his stat lines this year, but he has been like the most steady fantasy player I've ever, I've ever seen like week to week. His lowest week is a 10 point week. So every single week he's been double digits. Um, only two of those weeks being over 20 points, but you can, I mean, I can almost guarantee like a, a 15 to 19 point week out of Keenan Allen week in and week out. Um, which I'll take those numbers all day. Um, I had to give up quite a bit of capital, but like I said, there weren't a lot of people selling. So Neil kind of was able to corner that market and, and drive up price because he had the supply and there was a lot of demand. Um, I think he grabbed Mixon for like a second the week before and basically ended up getting a first for him. So he flipped him. He got him from AO and then flipped him quick uh, for a, a nice little uh, slight profit there. So nice work, Neil. And then the last trade I have here is between Dom and uh, Dom and Richter. Dom gives up Boston Scott a ninth and a thirteenth, and um, Richter gives up the Ravens defense an eighth and an eighteenth. This, to me, appears to be Dom needing an eighth-round pick for something next year. I think it was talked about in the uh, 
in the chat, but I don't remember completely, but I'm guessing Dom needed that eighth round pick for a keeper next year. So he gives up a one round. Uh, he drops here. He brings his ninth up around, but he drops his 13th all the way back to an 18th to do so. Um, so that's what I have for trades. A pretty lackluster year in, in terms of trades compared to what we've had the last few years. But a lot of that was due to there's a lot of teams like on that on that borderline, like that fringe of, of competing. Um, Bop and AO were out of it early on. Neil has made a late push, but looked to be out of it early on. But AO and Bop didn't really have the capital to trade away. And then you look at Matt, Rudy, Jeff, Kuby were all right on that borderline, like, and they all decided not to sell or, or to continue to play for this year, um, which really cornered the market a little bit for trades. Um, so we'll probably see a lot more teams next year that just have basically their whole allotted picks, like one through 18, nothing traded. Uh, be kind of interesting to see. Um, last thing I'm going to cover here is two games that have playoff implications in them. Uh, the first is going to be me against Jeff, as Jeff is, again, one of those fringe teams. He's fighting for uh, a playoff spot. Um, I started off so-so on Thursday. Um, Darren Waller hurt me. He only got me five points because he ended up going out with a knee injury. He was having an okay day, um, getting some targets, but thankfully Diggs uh, comes back with 20 points and Josh Jacobs comes back with 19 to uh, help me average out about 15 points a player on those first three. So I'm sitting at 45 points. Jeff hasn't had anybody go yet. Um, he's got some question marks in that lineup. Um, he's got AJ Dillon in there, but I believe Aaron Jones is trending to play. Um, so that's going to hurt his value. Um, Odell Beckham looked like he didn't really even want to play when he was on the field last week. Um, pulling up on routes and just not, not in it. Um, Mike Williams scares me a little bit in this matchup just because he, um, as we saw early in the season, he's got the ability to just go yard and just, just go crazy. But then as Jeff has found out in the middle part of this, the season, he's also got the ability to just completely disappear. Um, he, I know he caught a late bomb against the Steelers last week. Um, and, and gave gave Jeff a 20-point week out of him. So he's one of those players that could really make or break Jeff's lineup this week. But he's going to need him to do well along with Chris Godwin, um, I think, to have a chance in this matchup. And then the next game is going to be between Neil and Pokey. Or, uh, excuse me, Neil and Kuby. Um, again, they're both sitting at 5-6, and six, both right on the fringe of the playoffs, three weeks left before we get started here. So they're both needing wins and putting up, uh, needing to put up good points. Um, Neil had Emmanuel Sanders going on Thursday night, only got him uh, 5.8 points, so not a great start there out of Manny Sanders. Um, and Neil, I mean, kind of impressive that he's just below 500 given what his roster is at this point. I mean, his, his highlights are Justin Herbert, Jalen Waddle, and probably Gronk. Um, and the rest of his lineup is, is just really forgettable. So if he can uh, even compete with Kubi this week, I'd be impressed. Um, Kubi had the Bills defense going on Thursday, got him 11 points. So he's already sitting with a, a lead over 
um, Neil and all he's had going is, is his defense so far. Um, but Kubi's got Kirk, who's been just uh, – he's been steady this year. Um, I mean, he's not – he's he's probably won him actually a few games, throwing up a couple high 20s, mid to high 20s. And then Jonathan Taylor is really the uh, the wild card there uh, to just go crazy. I know he's playing Tampa's defense, who's ranked high, if not first in the league against a run. Um, but Jonathan Taylor last week in, I believe, inclement weather – went for 53 fantasy points, which is fucking crazy. Um, he had five total touchdowns, four of them on the ground, um, had over 200 all-purpose yards and three catches. So he just went abs- absurd. Like, And he hasn't had a single-digit week since week three. So not only has he, has he been steady since week four on, but he's putting up just fucking crazy numbers. Um, he's got uh, Devonta Smith. He's been solid, and he's up against the Giants. Uh, you know, that Eagles-Giants matchup always makes for a good game. Uh, so I imagine this should be should be a decent day for Devonta and uh, Terry McLaurin, George Kittle back now that he's healthy. Um, so I see a pretty pretty sizable win here for Kubi. He's just got a lot more pieces and a lot more high-end pieces, but still one to monitor in terms of playoff implications here. Um, I guess I'll just close out the pod touching on the uh, the controversy uh, of the season here and Matt not getting C.D. Lamb out of his lineup on Thursday. Um, I mean, I'm not going to justify it. I, I've made the mistake Time and again, um, I know CD was a late scratch. I was working on Thursday, so I had the uh, ability of being like conscious and like not fucking asleep on Thanksgiving. Um, but again, I'm not justifying it. Matt knows that he fucked up. Matt knows he should have got him out of got him out of his lineup. Shit happens. I know it's. I know people are running to point fingers because Matt has shit on other people in the past for doing the same thing and shit happens. And I imagine that fucking Dom being the vocal one this week against, uh, against Matt the next time, if Dom ever fucking starts a player that's inactive, he's just going to get shit on as well. It's just, it's bound to happen. It's just the cycle of it. So again, um, not justifying it. It's not acceptable as well as shit happens. So, um, Again, quick pod. I'm not sure how long this was, but I I think it was all of 20 minutes. Um, If anyone even listens to it or if I'm even able to get it out there to you guys, um, we'll see. I know it's not going to be nicely edited because I don't have the tools, ability, or time to do that as it's 1130 on Saturday night. Um, But if anyone gets a a listen out of this, I hope you enjoy. You guys uh, have a good week and happy holidays. Thank you.